Um, presentation is going to be from Leona McGrath, who's Membership and Stakeholder Engagement Manager at CAPSNAM. And Leona's going to introduce herself. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, first, I would like to uh, acknowledge country, um, um, acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, pay my respects to Elders past and present and future. Um, when I, when I do acknowledgement, I also like to acknowledge my own um, elders, because for not, if not for them, I wouldn't be here. Pay my respects to um, the... Sorry, I'm a bit nervous, as you can tell. <laughs> this is my first presentation for Cats and M. I started with them last week. <laughs> um, so my great-grandmother was um, one of the last 16 people taken off Great Keppel Island and shipped over to the mainland um, in chains as a young woman. And um, so I'd like to pay my respects to her and my mum, who's no longer here, you know, if we had a... And I know that we're moving towards a better healthcare system, but I believe that if it was more uh, culturally safe, um, I wouldn't have lost my mum at the age of 58. Um, also pay respects to my grandfather's people, the Gugi Yalanji people from far north Queensland. Um, I'd like to thank the association for inviting me here today. They invited me, um, I think about a month ago, to come and speak um, in my previous role. I was a senior advisor for the Aboriginal Nursing and Midwifery Strategy um, at New South, within the Nursing and Midwifery Office. Um, I was in that role for eight years, so it feels a little bit weird, like standing up here with different branding on. And, but it's great. I'm excited about this new challenge. Um, I work... Um, Katsunem is um, the Congress of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Nurses and Midwives, and they're based in uh, Canberra, but they're happy for me to be based in New South Wales um, to help our membership, because we have the largest, I guess, Aboriginal... Uh, population in New South Wales and also the largest membership. So today I'm going to speak about um, who Katsinam is, uh, what we what we can do for our mem what we do for our members, an update on our workforce numbers and needs, what our directions are in the work, uh, training and support, and our future work. So a brief history of Katsinam. They were first established in 1997. Our inaugural CEO, Dr. Sally, Ardy, Dr. Sally Gould, um, she played a role in bringing together a group of uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nurses, um, bringing them together to talk about recruitment and retention rates and, um, I guess, um, the safety of our system for our people. And that was our official meeting back in 1997. Um, I'm not sure if you've all heard about the Gittingham Keepingham report. Um, like it says up there, it's response to overcome challenges facing Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nurses. When CATSNAM was first established, it was the Congress of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nurses. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that. So, the um, uh, the Commonwealth uh, established the Indigenous Nursing Education Working Group, which 
were CATSNM members um, and they put together this report and it's really relevant today. <clears throat> Excuse me. There were 32 recommendations that came out of this report and it was around supporting um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nursing students um, at university, keeping them in university, helping them to graduate and also um, moving into the system and um, staying in the system. So the next photo is a photo of our founding members. This is always um, a photo that's on show at our, um, our conference and we're all very proud of these people. So, so our membership is made up of uh, registered nurses and midwives, um, enrolled nurses, assistants in nursing and midwifery um, and our students. And we currently have 109 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander registered midwives who are our members, which I think is a, a, a fantastic number. You know, I'm really proud of that number because I think national numbers are currently sitting at about roughly 280. And we know that we have more nurses and midwives in the system, uh, uh, midwives, sorry, in the system, but that people are still not identi identifying for a variety of reasons. Um, we also have affiliate memberships, and somebody came up to me and said that they, um, she's a, also a, an affiliate member, and um, I think our affiliate midwifery numbers, they sit around 40, which is really great. You know, um, we can't do our work without our, our friends and our, um, uh, yeah, our friends of Cats and M. Our membership has grown um, in the last five years, and that's that's you know I'd like to pay acknowledge to the work of our previous CEOs, um, our wonderful team at Cats and M, and um, in particular Janine Muhammad. She really grew our our organisation. So our strategic plan, we've got four priorities. It's around recruitment and retention strategies, um, helping to inform and shape national and education policy, provide cultural hubs for resilience and leadership uh, for our members. And I think that's an important thing to growing and supporting our workforce. Um, um, and inform best practice in culturally safe learning, workplace and health service delivery. I just thought I'd put our members up there, um, uh, sorry, our board up there. Um, our president, Marnie Tuala, she's actually a midwife and she's a BMID graduate, which is great, like I am. Um, so at our next conference, we will, we will find uh, a WA rep because the WA rep is um, Mel Robinson and she's moved into the CEO's position. Um, I don't know if I said it, sorry, but they're all, all members and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nurses and midwives. So what we strive to do, um, increase our members, of course, our membership, uh, our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nurses and midwives in the system, support them. Um, sorry, I need new glasses. My glasses are really blurry. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, 
ensuring through our training programs, and I'll talk a little bit about that um, soon, that um, our non-Indigenous nurses and midwives uh, receive a good grounding in what culture safety and respect is and understanding that this is a lifelong journey. I think increasing our numbers is not something that, um, it's a quick fix, increasing our midwifery numbers. Um, but I believe that, um, I think there needs to be an understanding that, you know, most Aboriginal people who do go to university, it's more than likely their first time at university. Thank you. <laughs> that's all right, I've just got to adjust my glasses here. That's fine, thank you. Um, it's their first time, and they're probably the only person that's been to university, and I know I can say that from personal experience. And if they've taken that step to go to university, they are more than likely the main breadwinner in their family. So they have those additional responsibilities. And I think that, you know, it's, a, it's challenging, as we all know, um, university life, but if they are able to get past that, um, then it's a challenge once they get into their new graduate, you know, new graduate roles and learning the system. Um, we know we know that racism is alive and well, and I think that we need to start saying that word because it still is happening to our students and our our early career nurses and midwives. Um, and again, I can say that from experience. You know, I, I hear things. Working in my previous role at New South Wales Health, the things that I heard from our students, like it's 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 sad, it's really sad, and and it could be something as simple as you know a student will identify as being Aboriginal, um, and somebody will say to them, well you don't look Aboriginal. I don't know if people understand that. That's very offensive. I know you know I feel I'm very fortunate to be in my skin, you know, um, and but. Those younger, not younger, I guess, students and early career nurse, uh, midwives, they would find that very challenging to be able to um, voice something, you know, to, to respond to that. So, um, we had a student um, a couple of years ago who was studying her Bachelor of Nursing. This is just something that, um, this is a, another thing to think about, I guess, um, in terms of barriers for our, our people um, studying their degrees. Um, we had a student, um, she was enrolled in university for two years and failed every subject except one. And I guess the onus absolutely needs to be on that student, but who else is responsible for with, you know people like that? You know, the universities, um, the cl clinical support people could have taken, a, a, I guess, a more, um, you know, a more of a role in supporting her. Yeah, so I think that increasing our workforce, um, it's, it's, we've got a long way to go, but I think if we can do it together, we, it, it will happen sooner. So like I said, you know, that's, it's challenging and we know that it's challenging for the, for the one to um, three year early career midwives out there, for, uh, um, for everyone. So something that we do um, is provide mentoring and support and like I said um, before, racism, it's still very evident in our system and we need to call it, call it out. 
and I think we all need to take a role in that. Um, Aboriginal health, this is a really old, I guess, hashtag, but um, Aboriginal health is not just our business, it's everybody's business, so we all need to um, take a role in that. I guess supporting our students, um, one of our priorities is building a cultural hub where we can... I know that when we've spoken about Aboriginal health, we've always spoken about the disparities and um, it's always been a negative. But I think if we start to turn that around and start talking about how, what a resilient people we are and how long we've been here for and we have survived for that long and instilling that, um, that pride in our people, that too is also going to make a difference in people achieving their dreams and their goals. Um, and again, non-personal experience. Um, you know, I had amazing supports as a, a midwifery student. I chose to do my midwifery when I was 36 as a single mum. Um, I st still, to this day, I don't know how I did it, but I did do it. Um, but that's because I had the support, and there's a row of Royal Hospital for Women <laughs> midwives sitting there, and each and every one of those were there when I was a student and supported me. Um, and my family, um, and you know, this year I was just telling the ladies that my sons uh, started university. So that one person in, um, you know, me going to university has now, it's gonna change everyone, I think, in my, lo my, my little family with my son, you know, going to university. Uh, the lack of understanding of cultural and family commitments, as I discussed earlier, and cultural safety, and I'll speak a little bit more about that. Um, I'm sure you would have seen this <laughs> slide before. Um, so we currently have, like I said, I think we have nationally around 300 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um, midwives, and that just shows where we need to be I think it's something, roughly, we need another 500 uh, midwives just here in New South Wales alone. So this is quite self-explanatory, what we do, you know, um, what we do for our members. I can, I'm going to talk more about the training. Um, uh, coordination and promotion of scholarships. Uh, our conference is in Sydney in September this year and we have supported, um, we are supporting, sorry, 25 students to come along um, to our conference and also for full members. So that's really exciting. Um, we sit on the national committees and one of those committees that I'm, I sit on is the uh, National Birthing on Country Steering Committee, which is, um, we had our final committee uh, on Monday, um, and I know that Mel Briggs spoke at this this uh, seminar last year. Um, and uh, Mel Briggs is a midwife at Wiminda, which is South Coast um, South Coast Women's Health and Wellbeing um, Aboriginal Medical Service, and uh, they are one of the pilot sites. And they are they actually have secured land, and they're looking for funding at the moment to build the, the birth centre there. So that's really exciting. Um, we've, um, we've drafted up a letter to Minister Hunt um, to advise them. Uh, we, meaning uh, our CEO, Mel Robinson, and um, Luke, the ACMC uh, CEO, I can't remember his last name. <laughs> um, but he... Um, 
they've drafted a letter to send to Minister Hunt and they're requesting uh, more funding to continue the program um, and we potentially could be putting in another submission to Merck who funded the program initially through the ACM. But what we, um, uh, the steering committee will be sitting under Katzenam, which I think is where it needs to sit under and we'll pull in all the relevant stakeholders um, and um, like, like the two pilot sites, they're both moving forward and it's really exciting what's happening. So maybe next year you can get another update on it, that, you know, the sites um, that the building's being built down in Nara. So this is the map, and I'm sure you've all seen this before. Um, so, so like everybody else, we are unique. We're not the same. Um, you can't ask me a question about an Aboriginal person that's from the Northern Territory because I wouldn't know. Um, so there's no how-to guide. So if you take anything away from this presentation today, if you don't know anything about a midwifery student you're working with or a midwife, um, it's okay to ask. And people won't be offended. They would prefer you ask than not know. And also, you can come and ask us, the peak represented body. So what do we mean by cultural safety? So it requires us to um, reverse the gaze so that we examine our own beliefs, behaviours behaviors and practices, as well as issues such as institutional racism to become aware of what we normally don't see. Um, so this is a, a training package that we, we can offer to individuals or services. So these are the diff our different training packages. And um, from my experience um, in my previous role, we, um, we partnered with Katsunam and we, offer, we, um, we provided mentor training. We actually held our first mentor workshop here. It was about three years ago, I think it was. Um, and, you know, the evaluation from our workshops, we end up holding, I think, three workshops um, in partnership with Katsunam. And we trained over 30 uh, nurses and midwives. And the, uh, the evaluations that came out, like, people just found them so valuable. It sort of, like I spoke, uh, said earlier, you know, gave them that sense of pride of who they are and how they can help people and how they can, um, you know, educate non-Indigenous staff members, uh, colleagues also. We offer the introduction to mentoring and the cultural safety training to students, um, to higher education um, sector. We offer those, and then everybody else, we offer those. But we can also tailor programs. Um, um, we've actually had somebody call just yesterday who was inter interested in having a, a one-day workshop on mentoring, but also including... And, but actually, cultural safety is embedded in all of our workshops, but they wanted a more particular focus on cultural safety, so we're happy to work with people on that. So this is just our, um, our learnings from our previous workshops that, you know, some participants um, came, into ex came into training and what their expectations was. Um, and we actually, um, we've actually had a couple of white, um, 
non-Indigenous people come back and said, like, I, I feel like people are pointing the finger at me and saying that it's my fault what happened 2000, uh, 2000. We're not that old, 200 years ago, you know, over 200 years ago. But it's not about that. It's about us. We, we want to work with the system and we, we know that we can't grow our midwifery workforce unless um, people do have a greater understanding of this. And um, I remember when I was a student, I had one of my um, fellow students say to me, but why do I have to learn about this? Because I'm not going to work with any Aboriginal people but you don't know. <laughs> you know, there's that old analogy of a cup of tea, no matter how much milk you put in it, it's still always going to be a cup of tea. <laughs> so the mentor training, oh, I can vouch for this mentor training. It's absolutely fantastic. Like, I'd learnt so much myself. And um, um, it describes the effective practices of mentoring, uses strength-based approaches, explains how power can influence a mentoring relationship. Um, you enter into a mentoring agreement with the partner. Um, they list the stages of the, the mentoring relationship, um, supports the development of leadership skills, um, encourages self-care, supports the development of anti-racism approaches and cultural safety and plans this next step in the journey. Because so with our mentoring training, we have, um, we have, we're currently developing, developing a train the trainer package so that we can um, have our members go out and do the training. Um, and we've had, a, we've actually had a couple of our members um, from, for example, up in um, uh, Tamworth, where she wants to actually, uh, train, help to train non-Indigenous um, nurses and midwives to be able to provide the training to other people so that we can, and it can be not just for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nurses and midwives. Um, this mentoring can work across the board. We've got that up there because I think that um, this is something that we um, will feel really passionate about, um, um, about supporting our students to be prioritised for clinical placements um, and to also ensure that um, those clinical placements um, are safe for our students to go out into. So this is just a little bit, um, I know I spoke about it earlier, but that was, um, that's just a little bit about the project and when it was first granted um, three years ago, I think it was. Um, those partnerships are still, um, we're still working together with those universities and the ACM, like I said, to potentially get another grant so that we can offer other sites. We've actually had um, requests from the Centre of Australia that they would like to develop um, or know how to develop, look at developing, you know, that birthing on country model of care. So I get, uh, the project, does everybody know about the project? I could talk a little bit more about that. So the project's about, it's about developing um, models of midwifery and maternity care that meets the family, meets the needs of the families um, and their, the women, the families and their communities. So what's happening in Nara is completely different to what is happening in Brisbane, completely different, because they're, they're, they're different people. And it's also, the, the, it's about um, 
also about increasing our midwifery workforce. So I guess um, the future directions, um, we, we work with our stakeholders and we really want government, we, we want to push the federal government to commit to um, providing cadetships to our uh, midwifery students. Um, I'm a graduate of the New South Wales Health Cadetship Program, so I know that it does work. And we graduated um, uh, 173 students, and that included 17 um, Aboriginal midwifery students. So they do work, but they've just recently pulled funding, which is, um, which is pretty devastating. Um, but New South Wales Health has the most successful um, cadetship program, and we really want to try and push it in other jurisdictions. Um, like I said earlier about uh, clinical placements, um, prioritising places for um, midwifery students, and um, in particular those new grad uh, roles. Uh, we've established the LINMIN, which is the, um, the Leaders in Nursing and Midwifery Education Network. Um, so we're working with universities um, to support our students. Um, our mentoring programs, like I said, engage with stakeholders on better recruitment and retention strategies. Um, we actually have a how-to guide on our Linman website um, about how to improve and expand on those clinical placements, but I'm happy to have a discussion with anyone about that. And um, as part of our um, priority of building a cultural hub, um, we're currently developing a leadership program for our nurses and midwives. So that's the end of my presentation.